his social life. It's the Darren Show. The Darren Show. Don't ask if he's single. You already know. Cause it's the Darren Show. A simple name for a simple guy with a simple face. It's the Darren Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Darren Show. Got a great, great guest with me today. Uh, very excited to talk with this lovely woman. Uh, I've got Haley Strong with me. How are you doing, Haley? I'm doing well. I feel kind of like your um, white whale or whatever Captain Hook was searching for um, because you asked me to do this months and months ago, and then I was busy, and then I was like, yeah, maybe later. And then you finally, you found my sweet spot, which was in between Bachelor and Bachelorette seasons, and you're like, Haley, you have to do this. I'm like, okay, you're right. I do. I'm here. And here I yes. am. Yes, I, I, I caught you finally. Um, Haley, you do the, uh, as you just mentioned, the, uh, the Bachelor and Bachelorette and uh, all, all, all things Bachelor for, uh, you, you cover all that stuff for uh, Rob Has a Podcast. Basically everything where people make out on TV and that's the premise <laughs> of the show. Um, obviously there's lots of shows where they make out on TV and that's not the premise, but I stick to mostly the ones where that is the premise. Yes. Have you always been interested in these kinds of shows or uh, is that uh, is that a recent phenomena? No, it's always I've always been interested in these shows way before I probably should have been allowed to watch them. Um, Fox had a, a real interesting lineup back in the day in the early 2000s in the height of reality television. Um, like, God, there is one where a dad would make a guy take a lie detector test before dating his daughter. Um, I watched that one. I would watch, you know, all the ones on MTV, like next and shot at love, like just things I should not have been watching. Um, I've, I've always been a fan of reality television. And even when I've popped in and out of survivor and big brother, I've always been watching reality television. Uh, and that's mostly because I'm interested in social dynamics and that's one of the reasons why I'm so drawn to the quote unquote romance shows. It's because it portrays a really interesting set of relationship dynamics that I find super compelling. What kind of dynamics do you feel like they tend to portray? Ooh, interesting. So I like in, in the bachelor, obviously the, the focus is, you know, um, in the bachelor specifically a man trying to find a woman a woman out of you know 25 to 30 women and it's interesting to see who a certain guy will like and it i love to see when there's a final three and they're all super different it's like why is this person attracted to this person and this person this person and not you know this person or whatever and but recently what i've really come to enjoy is the interpersonal relationships between the women in the house i find that almost more interesting than the main couple themselves because I love seeing the friendships form in the super weird environment where they're all competing for the same guy. Um, but they're still able to develop real meaningful friendships through all of the craziness. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we talk about the weird dynamics of being like on survivor or on big brother where, you know, you're ultimately competing to eliminate everyone to win uh, a large amount of money. Uh, but the, the dynamics for a show like the bachelor are even crazier because like the, the, the jealousy that you'd normally have for the person that you are interested in showing interest in somebody else is like, I don't even, I, I don't think I could ever, do that like not not even just like be on the show but like have to deal with other people who i know are competing for the same person that i'm interested in and like uh, are they making out with that person like that's crazy yeah no it's it, like 
I remember in university, I had a crush on this guy and my best friend was like, I have a crush on this guy. And it was the same guy. And I was just like, oh shit, well I'm backing off. Like I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. I'm just not willing to, I'm not a competitive person. So I'm just not willing to <laughs> yeah. compete for anything like that. Um, yeah. It's so fair to say I, I would never go on the bachelor. That's just not my, my scene. Um, and it's funny you bring up the survivor because those are high stakes where I feel like on the bachelor, um, it's almost very low stakes. Like you're competing for a guy with against more people than you're competing for a million dollars in survivor. And the, you know, the chance that you have chemistry with some per somebody, just one person is so astronomically low that it's like you're fighting with these women for basically no reason, because whoever ends up with the person in the end, the reality is they're probably not going to stay with that person forever. So in the moment, fighting with this person is so beyond ridiculous. Where in Survivor, I can actually understand it because a million dollars is a life-changing sum of money. Like, I, yeah, you would want to cut throats there. Or in The Bachelor, it's like, I don't care if this person wants to make out with this other person. Well, then, like, whatever. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and I've, I've kind of heard that, like, the the meta of the show is that what you really want to do is be noticed by the producers and get a, get a big enough edit that you you kind of stick around and come on more shows or maybe you get invited back as the next bachelorette or bachelor or whatever. Um, is that is that true? Absolutely. And uh, there's been a real um, increase in people coming on The Bachelor probably in the last definitely since Amy and I started podcasting about it, that really come on to be social media celebrities. And I've noticed that the producers are trying to shift from that now. They, they've been trying to find people who aren't, you know, oh, I'm just a pretty girl with an Instagram account. They've been trying to find people who are full-fledged ad- adult women who have real jobs and, you know, c- can stand on their own two feet rather than through fab fit fun box <laughs> is that does that interest you more than than the sort of uh you know contestants that are on there trying to just make a name for themselves absolutely because i can relate to those women more like listen i'm not hot enough that seventy five thousand people are going to follow me on instagram and like want to know what hair vitamin i'm using <laughs> like i like the women who you know went to school and had an education and traveled and you know aren't perfect and you know have their roots showing a little bit like that uh, those characters are more interesting to me because because they are more multi-dimensional and layered and from any reality show that's what i want um from the people i'm watching yeah and i do there's some there's an appeal to legitimately watching and i think it's why the show works more so than just like oh big characters is that uh there's an appeal to wanting to see the the dynamics of a relationship take place in front of you and be able to sort of examine it and and uh i don't know there there's something like you know that that is very interesting about that even like to me i um i've 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 checked out the bachelor a couple of times oh you're uh, not a regular viewer taryn that shocks <laughs> me to the core uh i also i tried uh, i tried are you the one um but that didn't work out for me um but uh but like there's something to being able to watch two people or a, a multitude of people uh try to connect with each other and sort of I don't know. Maybe it's just the robot in me, but like to just like see like the trial and error and the different ways that it fails and succeeds. And uh, like that, that interests me a lot. Yeah. And it's funny you bring, are you the one up? Um, Because I really love that show and I find that super interesting because there, 
the math that goes behind it, like the amount of pairs you could have, like blows my mind. It's crazy. And I don't have a mathematical brain. I can never figure out who the pairs are beforehand based on you know, elimination. I'm sure that's something you can do because you like to do those kinds of things. And are you the one is so crazy because, you know, one day person one is making out with three people and they find out that one of those people isn't their match and they go to someone else, but you know, they kind of still stay with that person, but you know, they still have to look for someone. It's, it's such an interesting show. Once you kind of strip away the fact that everyone's just drunk and also wanting Instagram sponsorships, um, at the core of the show. And, you know, if anyone's listening, haven't seen it, I just say go back and check out the first two or three seasons, um, before you kind of reach that shift of people being like, Oh, I can go on the challenge from this or whatever. Um, because it's, it's a really interesting game just in itself. Yeah. And I, I mean, I did make it all the way through the first season. Um, it was when I started to watch the second season, I was like, do I need this? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Uh, but it, there is something interesting to the core of that show as well. Like uh, the math did interest me. My my main problem with, with it was that um, I I there wasn't a place that I could look to get a record of like who the the attempted matches were uh, without getting spoiled for the whole season. Um, And so like, and I didn't want to like manually keep track of it. So it was hard for me to like, trying to remember and and do the math myself, which would be uh, part of the fun of the show, I think. Um, But it is uh, also an interesting concept. Uh, And and for me, I I agree. I think that if if that show or at least that season had had more, uh, you know, down to earth, um, regular people on it, uh, I think I'd be very interested in in uh, in watching it further. Fair and reasonable. Did you ever watch Bachelor Pad? I never did. No, that's one I haven't watched. Um, But I've I've heard it's it might be a little more up my alley. Yeah, because it has it was it was pretty revolutionary in the fact that um, it was the first time, at least in my memory, that people were competing for love and money almost. Um, So there was a prize at the end. But what really benefited you was creating strong relationships with people. And there was a lot of strategy element to it. So if you haven't watched that one, Taryn, I would recommend going back and watching it. I know our mutual friend Colin Stone is a huge fan of it, especially I think it was season th- season three um, has an interesting ending. That's for sure. Oh, my. Um, so uh, so uh, like when when were you, you said you you were introduced to these kinds of shows very young? Uh, when when was that moment? Were you like immediately hooked? Yeah, like I remember being like seven years old and watching these shows. I I watched The Mole. I watched Survivor. I watched Trading Spaces, like anything reality like I was into. I even at a young age, I wasn't super into scripted shows. Oh, I also actually watched a lot of true crime shows growing up, um, which is not helpful for my mental health state even to this day. But I did watch a lot of true crime shows. And again, with that, it's a very interesting social dynamic. Uh, it's really dark and terrifying, but it's still a social dynamic. Somebody murdering someone else, you know? Yeah, that, that, I guess so. Like, what <laughs> drove this person to do this thing? And why? And, you know, how did we get there? And, it, you know, it's it, it's a reality show in itself. 
Yeah, no, I, there are. It's, 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 there's a surprising amount of crossover for reality TV, like game show reality TV and true crime stuff. Uh, as I as I discovered after uh, you know Brent's podcast on this this podcast, um, because I, and and I I guess it is it has something to do with like the same sort of morbid curiosity in the the the, the nature of our kind, I guess. Like, Absolutely. Yeah um and uh yeah it's interesting it's 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 another part of it that like never like really grabbed uh me but like uh like trying to understand the appeal of it and and why other people gravitate toward these shows and true crime and all of that it's very interesting to me yeah i was kind of um not forced into it but my that's what my dad always watched and so like i would just mm. sit there and watch it with him and i guess in in the 90s it never occurred occurred to anyone that children shouldn't be watching these true crime shows um but i would never have been kidnapped like i knew the, i knew how not to get kidnapped from watching those shows <laughs> see see i think anytime i watch something like that like a like a crime show maybe not a, like a reality crime show but like if i watch like csi or something i don't i don't think i watch csi but law and order maybe mm-hmm. uh i I'd, I'd always think the opposite i'd think like okay so how would i get away with murder if i tried to <laughs> uh yeah that was i guess uh something something a little bit wrong with me as a child that's how we diverged yeah, that's yeah. That's why I went uh, anti-bachelor. That's why, yeah. why you went pro. You went a little cold, and I went a little warm. I, I guess we could say. <laughs> um. So so it was that like how you got into these shows. It, it was your uh like. Did your dad also watch reality shows, or no, did you find that on your own? Any reality? Well, he, he'll. That's a lie. He'll watch reality shows. He'll watch. He watches like Storage Wars and uh, American Pickers and and those things, but not like reality game shows. And my. My brother, who is somebody I watch these shows with now, I don't think he was ever really into them when I was younger. When he, I just kind of, I just kind of got into into them. Um, and specifically, Survivor, I remember watching and staying up late to watch the premiere of Survivor All Stars after the Super Bowl. And I watched that, and then I kind of, I was out for a couple years, and then I got back in, and um, then it kind of just started the ball rolling. And I like even when I wasn't watching Survivor, I watched Big Brother for quite a few years uh, until I got into So You Think You Can Dance. And that was on at the same time. So I chose So You Think You Can Dance. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and you you grew up in uh, up in Canada for those that aren't aware, right? Yeah. In case you didn't uh, detect any accent, <laughs> I am a Southern Canadian. Um, I can actually see America from my house. I am I, I would say the Sarah Palin of Canada, but uh, not even close. <laughs> not even uh, just a little bit. Yeah, you're you're like in the the little dip, like that, like dips into America, right? Yeah. So I'm uh, born and raised Niagara, um, just down the road from Buffalo. Literally, would I, I wouldn't even have to. I make like two turns out of my driveway and go straight, and I'm out. I can be in Buffalo in like <laughs> thirty five minutes. Is it is it weird being on the, like growing up on the border of two countries? Like, do, do you have an identity crisis a little bit? A little bit, um, because hearing people who are like, "I've never left the country," I'm like, "How? Like, we we left the country every week." My brother went to school in the states, and for his first year, he commuted. Like, he literally drove to school every day because it took half an hour. Um, so. It, and then, you know, being able to convert American money to Canadian money really quickly, being able to convert 
Fahrenheit to Celsius, um, just all those like little weird things that you kind of don't realize are different. I went to a university in Nova Scotia. So for those who don't know Canadian geography super well, that's on the east coast of Canada. Not super close to any state really, um, but it's closest to Maine. So when I went there, um, just realizing just even the way I spoke sometimes, it was different than the way they were speaking. And you know, I had met people who had never left the province. And that was crazy to me because there was another country, you know, 25 minutes away from my door. Yeah, it's, uh, it was it was weird. Like, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Maine as well. Uh, or not, not that you you did, but I grew up in <laughs> Maine. Uh, and um, uh, like, you know, I'd always, you know, go south into New Hampshire and, and Boston. Um, but I had never been to to Canada until until recently. Like it, it Canada seemed like a whole nother world to me, even though I was kind of close. Was it because um, like you'd be going north into into like f- French territory? I, that was it exactly. Like I, I knew people that took French class that would go to Quebec, and it was like, oh, that's where all the French is. And I was like, oh, so that's like a foreign country. That's like they don't, like speak a different language in Canada. Quebec is like almost a foreign country to people who live in Canada. Like each <laughs> province has such insane separate identity from every other other every other place in Canada because you know at certain points it's so far away Newfoundland is closer to Ireland than it is to British Columbia like we're closer to another continent than we are to other places in the same country as us and so what I find in Canada which is very similar in the states is that you know culture and language and you know everything else is broken down into almost like blocks and so at some points you know the canadian and american blocks overlap and i would say that's the case for you know ontario and new york um or you know southern alberta and montana they they probably have a very similar culture um but like northern canada and southern united states is super different just like eastern canada and bc is super different yeah and and it's making more sense to me now why people from newfoundland sound irish exactly yeah I, um it's funny on this season of big brother canada obviously there's somebody who's from newfoundland it seems like they always have somebody a newfoundlander because they're the best people they are so much fun they're so friendly they're so great to be around and their accents are just insane like can you understand the people from newfoundland i, I mean i i can um most of the time uh but it, it it's like uh it, it can be uh, a bit of a strain yeah, the the language is just it's so crazy how in a different in a, the same country it can be so, so different from one place to another. It, yeah, it's very it's very strange. Uh and like the fact that in Canada, you know, this this guy from Newfoundland, uh Will on Big Brother Canada 6 is speaking and he needs subtitles for the Canadian audience. Like that's that's very And then in in the last season we had um William and Dre, who both would speak French to each other, and uh, obviously, like they would need some. Like the 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 dialects in Canada differ like way more dramatically than uh, than they do in the U.S. Even though the U.S. has a lot more like real estate, I guess. Yeah, and well, America has a lot more people. You know, um, it's the state of California has a larger population than all of Canada. Yeah. We're we're very spread out, um, and all and all. Of, 80% of Canada's population lives within, you know, like 100 or 200 kilometers of of the U.S. border. Um, so we're all pretty close to down here, regardless of, you know, if y- you can drive to the States. And I can 
I can drive to Quebec faster than I can drive to Northern Ontario. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when, uh, like, did you, like, growing up, did you have a strong sense of Canadian identity? Or, uh, like, did you feel like, uh, I don't know, did you feel very connected to your, your country? Do you still at, at this point? Um, I would say I almost feel more connected to it now, um, in parts because I had the opportunity to go to university in a different part of the country and meet people from other parts of the country and be able to see more of the country. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I had been, you know, mostly in Ontario. Um, and like I said, my brother played, I don't know if I said that, but my brother played baseball. Um, and so we, we, we travel a lot in the States. So a lot of the times I would kind of identify more with America. Um, we're now that I'm a little bit older, you know, I, I identify more with my Canadianness. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> uh, like what, how, what do you feel is, is uniquely Canadian that like you really identify with? Ooh, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, it really feels like, um, no matter where you are in the country, there's like a streamline of being Canadian and what that means and what it doesn't mean. Um, you know, it, it seems, I know there's, uh, the conception that, Every Canadian is super polite. They say sorry. Um, you know, they're just the nicest people. And going abroad, people love Canadians. And it's it's a joy to travel as a Canadian. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's just a, a great place to be, really. <laughs> and, you know, no one's ever mad at us. We just kind of hang out up here and we're like, hey, everyone, what's up? Yeah, it's cold. Sorry, everyone. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it strange? Like, because there's so much turmoil in the U.S. in terms of uh, you know, not only politics, but like just in general, it tends to be a rowdy bunch. Uh, is is it like what's the dynamic looking down uh, and being like this is next to us? Uh, because from the U U.S. perspective, like we just we have blinders on. We, we never look elsewhere at all. Yeah. And, and that's something that I've I found super interesting uh, getting to know a lot more Americans through Rob has a podcast um, is how little they actually know about Canada. Like um, by the age of 11, I knew the capital of every state in America. I can still recite off most of them. And yes, I am a big geography buff. So that's something that interests me. So I learned that. Um, but I feel like Canada knows a lot more about America than America knows about us. And that's partially because America dictates a lot of a lot of the global culture, a lot of Western culture. Uh, and so we've adapted some things from that. Obviously, the U.S. is our largest trade partner. So things that happen in America affect Canada. When you guys went through the recession in 2008, that hit us really hard, too. Even though we didn't have the same bank and housing failures, failures that you guys did, it affected a lot of people here. Um, so that's something that's super interesting is that we, a lot of what happens in the States is dictates what happens in Canada, but we don't have any control over it. And, um, some of that turmoil that's happening in the States has really started, um, to fester in Canada and obviously not to the same extent, but it's happening And you know, some of the ideals that are held by people are, being voiced in Canada now and that's probably not the majority but it's happening now yeah like uh like like what in particular um the, the ideals like you know um 
immigration should that be put a stop to? Um, because we took in a lot of Syrian immigrants. Uh, it, should that be happening? Should it not be happening? Where are those really resources being located to. Um, and it's like, why are they coming here? And it's like, well, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's reasonings and and people are starting to voice their displeasure with, um, you know, not a Canada first attitude. Canada has never been a Canada first country. It's always been a, you know, come here and you'll be welcome place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I always think about like how, like I, when I talked to to Puya, um, who also you know lives in Canada, but uh, but grew up in in Dubai, and um, like also grew up watching these American TV shows, I always think about like uh, I don't know. You probably never played this, but like Civilization, the game, and you can have like a cultural victory. I always think like the what? U.S. No, I have never heard of this game. Yes, well, it's 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 a game where like you play as nations and like you you know you you have armies and you conquer other nations and you ha you can win by different you know different different ways of winning. There's you know, like science victory. Uh, you uh, you can conquer everyone, or there's a cultural victory, which is like your culture is just so widespread that uh, that you you win the game. Um, and I always think about the, the U.S. culture in terms of that, or at least at the very least the entertainment because. Um, it's so it's so widespread that like like the people from the US barely watch any foreign content like uh, the uh, there's some UK stuff that's that's starting to trickle in especially with Netflix mm -hmm. um and we uh there's definitely a lot of I'm a huge sci-fi fan Mo like most of our sci-fi shows are shot in Canada um which like a is... lot of stuff is shot in Canada yeah you'd be shocked to know what movies were filmed in Canada Mean Girls was filmed in Toronto it it's all over the place. Toronto and Vancouver are huge movie hubs. Um and a lot of a lot of the New York scene movies they're shot in Toronto. Yeah, it's uh it's it's it really is it's it's really widespread and um like like I said like for for sci-fi stuff in particular like they're like most actors in sci-fi TV shows are Canadian. And, uh, like, especially the channel sci-fi, like they're, 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 they're basically Canadian uh, mm -hmm. at this point. Um, it's, uh, I guess it's, I guess it's cheaper there or something. Yeah. Uh, who knows? And probably in the, I mean, the American dollar is worth more, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera right now. Uh, God, what was I going to Um, yeah. So it's funny you say that because obviously we get a lot of American content and I feel like the, the same is not reversed. I feel like you guys aren't getting a lot of Canadian content. Um, so what I've been really excited about, and it's, it's funny cause it's a show I've never even seen, but I'm really, really proud of it in a weird way is, uh, Schitt's Creek is becoming super popular mm. in the States, uh, through Netflix. Uh, and it's really, it's really fun to see Americans be like, Oh, like this is a great TV show. Like, Oh my God, it's Canadian. Like how crazy. Yeah, I'm definitely. I, I try to keep up on like all all the new shows that are airing, and I've I've been seeing a lot more like Canadian shows that are that are well received, um, sort of like pop up here and there, um, and uh, and Schitt's Creek is definitely one of them. Um, I uh, I checked it out. I was uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah, and it's interesting to to um, talk to talk to Americans about like what Canadian bands have made it down there and what, and what things stay uniquely Canadian and what has had success in Canada and hasn't been able to have success elsewhere. And one of those examples is the tragically hip, which is probably the biggest band in Canada, um, but never really made an impact in the States for whatever reason. Yeah. I, I don't know who they are. 
Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> you can't ask a Canadian who the tragically hip is and get that answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it's also funny, like the Canadian, like the, there's Canadian actors and musicians like uh, uh, infamously. See, I, I also I don't listen to Justin Bieber, but I know he's Canadian because everyone always says send him back to Canada. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah, gosh, if he's the worst person we have, then we're doing OK. <laughs> yeah. Why, why do I, why does everyone hate him? I don't understand. Because he's like a teenager who made more money than they did and made it with more girls than they did. Makes sense. It's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, he had to, he had some bad moments, but haven't we all? <laughs> yeah, I I now you know I, just because I mentioned his name, there's going to be like, oh no, no no he's the greatest person alive, and there's going to be like no no he's the devil incarnate. Yeah, I'm not going to defend like I'm not going to say he's the best person ever, but like oh like Canadian song like Justin Bieber from Canada's like really that's your example. Okay, cool. Then we'll t- then we'll take Ryan Gosling and Ryan Reynolds back too. <laughs> Yeah, see, there you go. I, I don't I don't get why, like, as a culture, like, we always need to, like, just, just, like, Whatever rag reason. on people. Like, yeah, well, just, like, like, why, like, I mean, it's sort of the same thing watching, watching a reality show where we often need a villain, like Brent all the time. If the, sh- if the show doesn't have a villain, then Brent isn't into it because he needs somebody to hate. Uh, and I feel like our, our culture tends to be the same way. Like we need people to hate in our, our, our culture. And if it's, if it's, uh, if there's nobody really bad, then we go to the pop stars like Justin Bieber, like, ah, oh, what a, what a terrible person that and guy he's is. Canadian too. <laughs> I knew those Canadians were no good. Yeah. And I think, I might get slack for or flack for saying this, but I think the U.S. gets a little jealous of Canada's global reception sometimes. Like everyone's like, oh, we love Canada. And the U.S. is like, no, they're just our hat. They suck. This is why we're better. And it's like, OK, guys, like we we weren't trying to do anything here. We're just hanging out being Canadian. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, there, it, it's such a weird thing, like having a national identity, because you're, uh, you're it's in one way you're just you're so detached entirely from from that but mm-hmm. at the same time it's it's like it's like following a sports team where it's like no no, no we won and you lost because we w- were the best and you suck but, but, it's but like, like i had no part yeah, of that whatsoever exactly. like i was absolutely rooting on everyone in team canada uh during the olympics like tessa tessa and scott i was like if they don't win it's a travesty it's a global whatever where we rule and they suck and it's like Haley, you like you can't skate very well. Like you have no impact in this. Like you congrats. You were born in a certain area and now you're Canadian and now you get to like these things. Yeah, it's uh, strange stuff. Strange stuff. This uh, this culture business. And yeah, and especially like like we said before, because I grew up so close to the States that my national identity because, you know, I live in Canada, but I'm so close to the States that, you know, that has an impact. Like I get Buffalo radio stations and I, I like listening to those and hearing those ads. And it's funny. Yeah. What, what, what are those? Uh, just, uh, they have the craziest accent and it's so funny. It's like these weird long A's like, oh God, like Nissan. It's, it's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, it sounds funny. Um, did you, were you, were you close to your family when you were growing up? Yeah, we have a pretty small family. Like I only have two first cousins and it was just me and my brother and my mom only had one sister and she doesn't have kids. And then, um, my dad has only a few siblings. So we were all pretty tight knit even across 
uh, familial lines, like my mom's family and my dad's family, we always get together as one, one group. Um, and my brother and I obviously, <laughs> we, we fought when we were younger and we're pretty close now. Um, once we both were in high school and we went to separate high schools, like that's when we started to get along a lot better. Um, and I think he's great and funny and pretty, pretty, pretty great brother to have in, you know, in the scope of things. Yeah. What makes him great? I don't know. He just has like a really level head, which is something that I don't always have. Um, and he was, he was always a really great baseball player and a really smart guy. Um, so the fact that he's been able to remain really modest through all of that is uh, really inspiring. Um, and I don't always have that same modesty or, you know, sense of, uh, you know, he just does what he has to do. And that's really great. And he's really quiet. And I'm, I'm not so quiet. I'm a little more boisterous. Um, so it's, it's nice to have somebody like that in your life. Who's, who's a real balance to you. Yeah. Especially growing up. It's, it's interesting that you, that you would like admire modesty, but say you don't necessarily have it yourself. Like why, why do you say that? Um, I don't know. Maybe like, it's probably that ideal of like, well, I'm, I'm special. I'm, I'm special. And where Jeff is like, I'm not special. I, I'm, yeah, I happen to be good at baseball, but I work hard for it. Yeah. I'm good at school, but I worked hard for it. Um, where I, I don't know. It's hard to say, like, I was just kind of, uh, I can't even put a finger on it. And it's not even like that. I'm not modest. Like, I don't think I'm, uh, like a, not a humble person. Cause obviously I know my limitations and I know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And, um, I do have a tendency to be pretty hard on myself and people have said that to me, like they don't understand why I'm so hard on myself. Um, but it's the fact that he's been able to here, here, here's what it is. I'm not that great at anything. Um, but he's really good at a lot of things and he's able to be modest about it where I feel like if I was good at like really good at things, I wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't have the opportunity to, um, to not be modest because like, I'm just like baseline mediocre at pretty much everything. There's a lot of like uh, untapped arrogant potential in inside of you. Is exactly. What you're saying. Like if I was a great athlete, like I'd probably be an a hole. <laughs> You'd feel like uh, I don't know if you've we've watched uh, uh, Happy Endings. I have um, watched Happy Endings so many times it's not funny. Okay. Well, there you go. That, this is like the when Max wins the uh, the lot or thinks he wins the lottery. <laughs> yes, exactly. That is my <laughs> favorite scene, Terrence. It's so I great. try to explain it to people and they're like, that's not funny. I'm like, no, no, no. You have to watch it. Like, it's <laughs> so funny. It's the, it's the, I think the best scene of the whole show. Uh, also the, uh, the, um, the usual suspects uh, parody as well is uh, one of my favorites, but um, but I love the, that lottery the, I love sex dreams about Dave. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a, it, it used to be on Canadian Netflix and it's not anymore, and I'm really upset about it. It's a shame. Um, but uh, but it just uh, you know for for the listeners that uh, that haven't been able to watch this uh, wonderful program, uh, the you know this this guy he thinks he's won the lottery, so he just he rubs it in like everyone's down face. Down on his luck, and he's but he's like weirdly arrogant about everything. But he's like doesn't have a job, and he's yeah. kind of chubby. He's like a dick. To continue, Taryn. Sorry. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just it, you know he's he's just like screw you all. I never have to talk to you again. Like uh, I'm out. This is the best thing ever. Uh, you all suck. Um, and then it's like I don't know. That was you. You didn't. They you re didn't... they DVR'd yesterday's news yeah. with the lottery numbers, and then bought a ticket for that day with those same lottery numbers. <laughs> 
which is just really it's just like such a brilliant concept yeah. and in execution it was so funny so then he spends the rest of the episode trying to ruin everyone's lives <laughs> so uh so that's that's Haley. if she ever wins the lottery uh there's gonna one of the bachelor podcasts is just gonna be uh her yelling screw you all i don't ever have to talk to you ever again uh <laughs> god yeah that would be that would be interesting i, I feel like now i would be more modest about it but if i was growing up like i definitely wanted all the attention growing up like it's not surprising that i'm here with a podcast like seeking validation from strangers on the internet like (laughs) that's not surprising to me why is that i don't know i just it's an interesting way to get attention and i like when people like me and i'm you know that's just i I, you know I, i don't know i like I like the attention and obviously not all the attention is good. Uh, and that's something I've had to learn, but, um, this is fun for me. And I, you know, I like having lots of people talk to me about stuff. They also like that. I like, I'm going to take a quick break here to talk about RX bar. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar, which means that their bars are made with 100% whole ingredients that do all the talking. It's simply like eating three egg whites, two dates, and six almonds. No BS. It's all listed right on the packaging. They make bars in 11 delicious flavor varieties. They are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, no added sugar, no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or fillers. It turns out that real food ingredients actually actually do taste really good. And of course, they use egg white protein, which is very easy for your body to absorb great stuff there. These are great. I've told you before, I love the peanut butter. Love it. Uh, it's it's chewy. It's peanut buttery. It's uh, it, 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 tastes, it tastes like, you know, sometimes you get those bars and they taste like uh, like a little plasticky. Not, not RX bar. Uh, it tastes like real food because it's made out of real food. So because you listen to this show, like like the wonderful person that you are, uh, you can get 25% off your first order by visiting rxbar.com slash Taryn and then enter the promo code Taryn at checkout. That's right. That's 25% off of your first order of these delicious, wonderful RX bars. Make sure you do that. Go to rxbar.com slash Taryn. Enter the promo code Taryn at checkout. That's a lot of Taryns. It's a lot of RX bars. And uh, I like that. All the all the bars. Give me all the bars. All right, let's get back. Yeah. Do you do, do like, where do you think that that um, desire for attention came from? Uh, the fact that my brother was good at everything. and I was not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just um, I also I'm an extrovert. I like people around. I feed off of people's energies a lot. Uh, and so uh, podcasting is really great for that because I get to connect with a lot of people around the world in a really interesting way. That I would never, you know, some of my best friends now are people who I would have never met if this podcast didn't exist. Yeah, that it is kind of crazy. Um, even just, you know, it just the internet in general, being able to connect so many people from all over the place uh, is is such a, a crazy concept. Um, it, it, like in in recent times, uh, you know, like like growing up and being able to talk to people from other countries, and uh, now you know having a podcast that you know, I look at the map of the people who listen to this podcast, and it's like. 
people from Africa, people from South America, people from, uh, you know, like Croatia. Like, uh, it's it, like, I don't like I, I would Why? never Why have interacted. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and the fact that I talk about the bachelor which is just like the most ridiculous thing on earth is that like i'm best known for talking about the bachelor like that is that is such a crazy concept to me uh and and that people actually want to tune in and listen to me talk about the bachelor because when i first started watching i would live tweet it and people in my life were like you need to stop tweeting about this like no one cares i'm like yeah but i don't care it's fun and now it's like people if i don't tweet about the bachelor people are like are you okay? Like, are you there? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's like, I feel like it was such a common trope that like, um, and I, I'm sure it still happens where the, the, you know, the parents or the teachers or whatever, Oh, stop doing this. It'll never amount to anything. And that the big thing used to be like video games where it's like, Oh, if you're a big gamer, like you're wasting your life. Uh, you know, you're never going to make any money. And now there are like pro gamers and there are, uh, you know, Twitch streamers. And there's, there's a lot of different ways to make money if you have that passion. And, you know, if I had, and I'm sure I was annoying enough for this, but I just didn't have enough people that were honest with me, probably. But like, if I had had people that had been like, stop obsessing about Big Brother, this is unhealthy, you need to like, get over yourself and stop talking about it, uh, then, I, you know, I'm probably not where I am right now. And I exactly. think that like, uh, like, I think we we live in a world where it doesn't matter what your passion is, like, there's always a way to follow it somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it was so it was so great to find a community that was watching the same thing I was because when I started getting back into Survivor, it was because my brother was like, "Hey, I'm watching Survivor Nicaragua finale. Why don't you sit down and watch with me?" I said, "Okay, sure." And then I was hooked, and then I went back and watched all of it, and then I had no one to talk to about it, and then you know, and then Jeff was like, "Hey." listen to this podcast and so I did and then I got hooked and then I started talking to people about it and like and now I'm here like I'm I I have my own podcast where people listen to it and that's it's when I sit to think about it it's still unbelievable to me that this is reality and so much so much good in my life has come from watching the survivor Nicaragua finale yeah like the the fact that that's like a pivotal moment in my existence is insanity. That's it's pretty. It is pretty crazy. It, it's always crazy to think about like those small moments that that uh, you know that changed your whole life. Yeah, and I only started watching The Bachelor again because you know some of the Survivor people I followed on Twitter they would watch The Bachelor and it was they were really funny. So I wanted to watch it so I could know what they were talking about and also talk about it. Yeah. So how did uh, how did the podcast start? Um. So I will. Amy and I were both a part of the old school um, Rob has a podcast interns Facebook group. And how I got into that was like I would tweet about Survivor and I followed Taylor Cotter and she got me involved with it. Um, and, you know, and then Rob wanted to, to start a side network of shows that he didn't watch and didn't talk about. And he wanted other people to talk about them. And he approached Amy and I and. Uh, he actually approached Amy first and, you know, presented this idea of her and I doing a podcast about The Bachelor. And when Amy first told me about that, I was like, you're joking, right? Like, there's no way he actually wants Amy and I. And 
he, he didn't really know either of us super well at that point that he was like, yeah, I trust these two individuals to podcast about The Bachelor. Uh, and so we he asked us to do uh, practice up. So we we watched what do we watch? We watched the premiere season of Desiree's the premiere episode of Desiree season and like recorded uh, like a fake podcast about that and sent it to him. And he gave us some tips or whatever. And then we, then we started with Andy season and um, it'll be four years in May. And we yeah. were the, we were the first podcast on the wrap ups network and Allie and Brian followed us probably within like three or four weeks. And then it just kind of blew up. Um, it's hard for me to remember like what else came after that like there was a lot of one-off episodes like there was like a pirate master episode of something it was like about cancel in like kid nation too or something like that i can't remember what that one was called um but there's been a lot a lot of shows that have been talked about on the wrap ups network and it's been really fun to be like a founding member of that <laughs> yeah no, yeah. I mean, the, you know, people uh, it could be, uh, you know, could be listening to this podcast through the re uh, reality TV or Hap Ups feed, um, or they could be listening on the Terran show feed. Either mm -hmm. one. It doesn't matter. Either Review way. Review both. Five stars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but like, what was it? What, did you, were you nervous about, about doing this? Did you have any, you know, sort of apprehension about it? Oh my God. Yeah, I was nervous. I'm still nervous. I get <laughs> like, I get nervous before every podcast and uh, this might be TMI, but when I get anxious, I always have to pee. And so I always have to take an anxiety <laughs> bathroom break before I start any <laughs> podcast. And there'll be sometimes where I'll like, we'll start talking like, you know, preamble or whatever. And I'll be like, Oh, before we start recording, I have to go take, get an anxiety bathroom break. So I still get anxious about it. Um, I didn't really have any apprehension about that because obviously I didn't really expect it, uh, to amount to much. I thought it was just going to be like, you know, a couple of people listening to us talk about the bachelor, but it really kind of exploded almost not exploded like we're, we're not the biggest show on the network um that's you know that's that's the case or whatever um but we had more people listening than we were expecting it to and it just kept growing and growing and growing and we we were really one of the first bachelor podcasts in the sphere and then you know there's now there's like 1500 like you could you could spend your entire week listening to different bachelor podcasts yeah, I I I hear about them and I I don't even like search for them. So yeah. uh, it's it's very prevalent, especially for people who are on the Bachelor. They they really think that they can start a Bachelor podcast. Yeah, we yeah. were here Ev first, guys. No, everyone but. thinks they can. Everyone thinks they can do a podcast. That is true. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I don't think I would have ever started a podcast if not for being asked to do one. If that makes sense, like I just no, yeah. I just never would have figured that I could do that. Um, but here we are and I'm, I'm doing it. And so it's, and it's been really fun to find something that I'm, you know, that I feel like I'm good at and that I enjoy and has become a really great hobby for me. Um, because a lot of things, like even if I'm passionate about it, I'll kind of let it go to the wayside. Like I wrote a blog for a while, but I've kind of let that go. Where podcasting, I've never really let go because it's so regulated. Uh, like you know, I have to make an episode every week and especially about The Bachelor. Uh, if it was just if if I was hosting the Taryn show, the Haley show, it would be hard for me to do an episode every week because eventually I would get bored. Um, and, you know, sometimes I do get bored of The Bachelor. And that's really evident in like the, you know, near the end of Bachelor in Paradise, because we've been podcasting for like 
13 straight weeks about The Bachelor and, you know, I just need a break. Um, so I like to have those breaks in between and be able to come back to it and, you know, really enjoy it again. Yeah, I mean, I think people have that experience just watching watching a show, let alone having to, you know, put it work into talking about it for a certain amount of time every week. Yeah, like it uh, must so. be crazy for you guys because you start your Big Brother season in March and then you go March to May with Big Brother Canada and then you basically go June to the end of September with Big Brother US and then sometimes you get OTT. So, like, do you get burnt out? I don't get burnt out on Big Brother that I enjoy. Um, uh, Big Brother Canada is but like when uh, when the twists come and they uh, they they mess things up and the game gets really stale. That's when I get uh, kind of bored of of it. And like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're asking me to talk about the strategy of you know Big Brother Canada four after Mitch leaves, where it's like basically uh, which which person is going to win HOH and then the other person is going to go home, mm-hmm. uh, th- then I'm like, ah, let's not. Um, but I, I think uh, I think ha- having to podcast every day about it has made me uh, like it, it's it's like forced me to be OK with just doing like talking about anything like uh if if i'm not finding the game interesting then i can just talk about like weird crazy hypotheticals or i can just mess around with my co-host or whatever i need to do like i i've i've uh i've adapted to just life as uh constantly being podcasted uh, that is that's super interesting i know uh in february i had like two weeks where i did like 10 podcasts in like two weeks and that was like so much for me. I was so burnt out. And, you know, I kind of feel bad sometimes for getting burnt out um, because so many people would love to be doing what I'm doing. And I feel bad about getting tired of it. Um, but like, I'm only human and I work full time. And so this is, you know, a side hustle. And so when I'm when I'm not enjoying the show, then it's hard for me to enjoy podcasting about it almost. And I've gotten some, you know, everyone gets negative comments, but, you know, I've gotten some like, why are you podcasting about the show when you, you you're not even liking it right now? It's like, well, if I, you know, stop doing everything just because I didn't like it for a little bit, well, then I would do nothing ever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, you're obviously going to have ups and downs with things. Um, you, you can't you can't like. You know, essentially what that commenter is saying is like, no, 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 I want you to just put on a smile and fake it uh, like, you know, like everybody else does on like the morning news. Like, uh, yeah, and I can't do that. And 98 percent of the people who listen to the podcast would be upset if I was pretending I was loving something that I wasn't because, you know, they know what they're watching on TV. And if what I'm saying is like, oh my God, this was such a fun season when they're watching season, like what the hell are they talking about? I was so bored the entire time. Well, then they're not going to listen anymore because they, they don't, they don't trust the fact that I'm being genuine. And something that I've always loved about Amy and I's podcast is that people feel like they're, they're friends with us and they're listening to two friends talk about the show and that they're involved. And, you know, I've had people say like, yeah, I always talk back to your podcast because it feels like I'm, I'm right there with you talking about this show. Yeah. And that's, that's the value. That's why I listened to these podcasts before I ended up being on them is because it's like, I, like I, 
I definitely know what it's like to be somebody who watches a show and feels like uh, like I have nobody to talk about this with. Uh, let me put on some, uh, you know, some lovely podcasters that I can uh, like feel like I'm at least listening in on a conversation, if not uh, actively participating by, you know, responding to them or tweeting at them or so on and so forth. Yeah. And it's just like a, it's a fun community to be a part of. And I, I don't ever, I don't ever want to, to put out something that I don't feel like is me or what I'm, or what I'm about. And, you know, I, I'm not always super excited about everything, but I'm not always like depressed about everything either. And, you know, and, and some days, some weeks I have a really bad week and that shows in the podcast but the people who are willing to stick through that with me, it really means a lot because, you know, so many, you only see such a small facet of who we are and such a small facet of our, our likes. Cause I'm, you know, obsessively talking about the bachelor and like, that's not the only thing I like. Like I like baseball and I like, you know, Harry Potter and I like sock buggies and I like reading books. And, you know, so you're only seeing such a small facet of who I am. Uh, and, and that goes in the day-to-day life. So it, it sucks when people are like, oh, well, you sounded awful today. And it's like, great. Well, you know, I've had a really terrible week that I'm, I, I don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about on air, but it's nice to, it's nice to be able to podcast about a show that means so little basically, um, because it really takes you out of whatever is stressing you out that week. And, you know, I've had a lot of people say that, like, it's, it, it's just a great, mind break to listen to people talk about the bachelor and just you know talk about stupid bullshit it just takes me out of whatever you're feeling and and that's the same for me like i get that feeling too yeah yeah um how, how like how much of your identity now is is tied to being a podcaster do you do you see yourself as like like uh, oh, i am a podcaster or is it does do you feel like it's maybe just kind of like a hobby on the side well it's definitely a hobby um but i feel like being a podcaster is really um become an interesting part of my life. And I, th- I'm also a server at a restaurant and I love working at a restaurant. And I think podcasting has made me a better waitress and waitressing has made me a better podcaster um, because I'm a lot more quick on my feet and I can talk to people about things. And, you know, like you said, you got so good at talking about whatever, because you're talking about things every day. Well, that's the same with podcasting and waitressing. Like I've been able to connect the two, which has been, which has been a lot of fun. Um, but I would say like podcasting as much as I do it, isn't the biggest segment of my life because it feels so separate from everything else because um, not many of my friends listen to my podcast, like just a few do because, you know, not everyone listens to podcasts or not even everyone watches The Bachelor or, you know, even even my boyfriend doesn't even listen to my podcast. So I have like two or three friends in my real life who listen to the podcast. So it feels like a very separate part of my life. Yeah. Has your boyfriend ever shown any interest in listening to your podcast? Not in... He only if I talk about Survivor. Um, so I've gotten him really interested in um, Survivor. And now he's like really into Big Brother Canada. Like he's watching the episodes before I even watch them. He's like, Haley, did you watch Thursday night's episode yet? I'm like, no, not yet. And he's like, oh, well, like I can't tell you how. I'm like, I don't care. I already know what happens. So he gets really excited about that. And so Healy's been listening to Survivor podcasts and he came with me to the Toronto Know-It-Alls. And so he's interested in that. And so whenever I do a podcast that's not about The Bachelor, he'll usually tune in. Um but I don't expect him to listen to me talk about The Bachelor for two hours each week. Like, he already hears enough from me. 
Does it ever, uh, does he ever feel like he has to sort of like share you with, uh, with all your, your listeners? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think kind of, um, you know, it's nothing feels lamer than being like, Ooh, I can't go out tonight. I have to podcast (laughs) or there's been a lot of times this winter where I've been at his house and being like, Ooh, I have to podcast. Like I'll see you in two hours. And like, he basically has to vacate his room, um, while I podcast, um, so I, that's not that's not something I've ever really thought about, but that's probably true where he feels like, oh, OK, well, you're going to go talk to these strangers on the Internet, <laughs> like breaking that to him for the first time. Like, yeah, a lot of my friends are on the Internet and I have this podcast, actually. Like he, it was it was uh, it was weird for him. And especially a couple months after that, I had gone to L.A. to visit a friend uh, that I had never met in real life before. But like we had been really good friends online for a while. And he was like are you sure you know this person? Like, <laughs> are they not sketchy? I'm like, no, like I've talked to them like face to like, not face to face, but like Google hang to Google hang, like <laughs> text all the time. Like I know who they are. Like I know, you know, their background. And so I've never felt like sketched out by going to see any of the people I've met on the internet, even though I probably should have, but yeah, whatever. I'm fine. Yeah. So, so you met him after you had already started podcasting? Yes. Probably about a year a year in yeah a little over a year i had been podcasting and and you you had to to drop that like uh yeah so i do podcast about the bachelor (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was and i don't even think he really knew what podcasts were at that point either Mm -hmm. because for us because our lives revolve around this it's we and we listen to podcasts all the time like i know i do i barely listen to music i listen to podcasts when i'm walking when i'm you know driving when i'm doing anything i listen to podcasts um where that's not the case for a majority of people so explaining what podcasts are is uh very interesting and explaining them to him it was like it felt like i had to tell him like a deep dark secret like by the way i have a podcast <laughs> about the bachelor it was it was interesting that's for sure <laughs> does is it ever like is it ever weird like do you, do you ever do you ever bring him up in in a in a podcast because you're obviously you're talking about all of these uh these people in relationships and you know these dynamics do you ever like use him as an example all the time <laughs> <laughs> and how does he feel about that um he doesn't know okay <laughs> I try not to tell him because then he'll be like, well, what'd you say? And it's hard because like he's the only person I've ever dated. So like he's my only frame of reference. And so whenever I talk about like, oh, my boyfriend, it's like this is the only person I could be referring to. Like, sorry, man. He's just yeah. he's just accepted it at this point. Yeah. You can't get away with like, oh, yeah, this one guy I dated, the uh, the guy I dated. No, sorry. Um... <laughs> the guy you see in my Instagram photos. It was actually funny. But someone came up to him at the know-it-alls in Toronto and was like, you're Haley's boyfriend, aren't you? <laughs> he was really excited about that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He was, um, I'm famous. Yeah. There you go. Um, it's, uh, so, uh, well, th- this podcast isn't about Survivor, so hopefully he's not listening, I guess. Yeah, I'll t- I won't even tell him I'm doing this. Yeah, this, the secret will not be out. Nope. Um, so, uh, so, you, so you've been dating, what, like, like three years now? Three and a half. Can't believe it. I can't believe somebody's put up with me for this long, honestly. <laughs> How did you meet? Um, in school, because I had, um, I did university and then I took a year off. It was kind of a weird transition for me um, because everyone goes into university and leaves it expecting um, 
that your life will work out exactly how you think it's going to. And mine didn't after I didn't find a job right away. And that was really, really hard for me. Um, and it was kind of a, kind of a shot to my self-worth, honestly, like that sounds terrible, but it was. Um, and then, so I decided I would go back to school. I'd go to the local, it's a college, but it's, you know, it's, it, it's probably closer to what in America would be a community college for, uh, for a program. And then, um, I started a couple days late because I went to go visit Taylor in Boston, actually, because the Blue Jays were playing that weekend. So I was like, it's college, whatever. I went to university, like who cares? I can miss the first couple days. Um, and then when I got there and I also have a, I have a bit of social anxiety, which is, uh, not easy to navigate as an extrovert. Mm. Um, so I went into it not knowing anyone and just like being really anxious about it. Um, so then I walk into a class one day and, you know, there was a couple seats left and there was a seat next to this guy and I was like, oh, he's cute. Like, I'll just go sit there. And I asked, I was like, hey, is it okay if I sit here? Um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, go for it. And then he noticed I was wearing a swatch, a black swatch watch. And he was like, oh my God, I have a swatch. And he was wearing a, a red one. And he has like, he has like a 12 watches so it was like really weird that he was even wearing this watch i was like oh that's cool and we talked later and then i was like oh shoot like i really like this guy and i was never a forward person like before him i had never even like been on a date like i just you know i just i just didn't it just i just never did it um so when I met him, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't pass this up. Like I have to do something about this. Like he's special and I've never liked someone like this. So I asked him out actually. And it was more of like a, so like, Oh, it's spring. It's uh fall break. Like, do you want to hang out? He's like, yeah, come to the zoo with me and these other two people. I was like, okay. And then we started hanging out and, you know, grew from there. There you go. Uh, what were you, uh, what were you in school for? Uh, my degree is in tourism development and hospitality management, and then my postgrad certificates in public relations. So you were you were hoping to find something along those lines. Like, what are you hoping to uh, get a job in? So, I've always loved traveling and tourism, and that's been something that's that's a really big part of my life. And you know, when I was younger, when people were dreaming about being a mom and getting married and having a house. Like I was thinking about like, Oh, what country could I go to? Like what like, I'd love to go to Australia. And like, I was young when I was thinking these things, like I, for my sixth birthday, my grandmother bought me a, uh, a book of Ontario roadmaps um, because she had a copy and I would read it all the time. I loved it. And so she got me that. And I've always loved maps and thinking about countries. And so going to school for tourism just sound, like felt like what I was supposed to do. And at that time I wanted to be a flight attendant, but you know, if I did flight attendant school, like I would have been, you know, um, 18 or 19 when I graduated. And I just felt like that was too young and, you know, and it was felt like the natural thing to do is to go to university. So I found a couple schools that specialed in tourism. There were three in the country. So I went to the closest one, which was three provinces away. Um, and I loved doing that. And, um, I I got some really great opportunities to travel, uh, not just, you know, with my friends on like spring breaks. Like I went, I went to a friend's house in Louisiana for Mardi Gras one year and I went to Calgary and visited Banff. Um, but my first year I had a chance to go to Peru, which was amazing. And then my third year I went to China, which was also really, really amazing. And it really, it really deepened my love for tourism and travel and wanting 
wanting other people to experience the same kind of things that I did. So I really wanted to work for like a tour company or something like that. Um, but it was just hard to get a job in one of those. And so that's why I went back to school because I loved using Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and I loved social media and, um, I could put that on my resume like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I use Twitter all the time, like super awesome, great. But no one's going to hire me based on that. So I went to PR because um, a big focus in that was social media and how I could um, parlay my passion for social media into an actual profession. And so that seemed like the natural course for that. Um, and and so that's why I did that. A long-winded story about anything. Um, yeah. So, and I'm not working for a tour company. I'm working for uh, an events company um, that focuses on a lot of wine events and weddings. I'm in Niagara. So wine is a huge focus. And I think um, this is not where I thought I would be. Like, I didn't think, I, obviously, I didn't think I'd be still living with my parents at 26. And that's, you know, that's a whole nother thing. Um, but what I'm doing now is I'm working in events. And that's being able to showcase Niagara and bring people here and show people how beautiful it is. And, you know, I'm still doing what it is that I want to be doing, which was showcasing parts of the world um, for people to see. And I'm doing it, but just in a completely different way than I expected it to be. So like, what is your, uh, your goal from here? Are you still, you know, working to get somewhere else or are you happy with, uh, with where you are? Um, it's hard to say because I like working the job I'm at. Um, but you know, it's just, it's not a lot of money and I'd like to obviously make more money. Um, but I love what I'm doing and I'm hoping that, what I'm doing right now could turn into something, you know, more full time and better pay and, you know, make more sense to me. One of my one of my goals in the future, though, is to do something more on my own and not necessarily like be an entrepreneur. But um, I really love talking about food and talking about travel. And I would really like to start a YouTube channel about food called Snack Chat with Haley. So no one steal that, please. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'm not the best cook, but I love talking about food. So could make food and just talk about it. And, you know, I've had ideas for it and I'd really love to get it started. But right now, my Internet situation is not great, not super conducive to doing something like that. Um, you know, so that's something I would really like to do in the future. And I feel like I could also make like a podcast to go with that, too. So it could really be an interesting project. I just worry about, like I said before, getting bored of it or, you know, not being able to take the idea where I want it to go. And I don't want to be afraid of, um, you know, taking chances on things and not working out because it could work out. Um, but I always get a little anxious, not a little, I always get really anxious about these things. And I almost have to like tell my inner demons, like go F yourselves, like just do this. Um, so that is something I would really like to do within the next year. Well, it's a, one of the ways to uh, to get yourself to do something is to say that you're going to do it on a podcast and then have a bunch that's of people fair. affirm your beliefs. <laughs> yeah. So if that's something people want to watch or listen to, let me know. Sounds cool to me. I'd definitely check it out. Thanks. Thanks, Terrence. Yes. Um, I, uh, I like food. Food is good. Yeah. Who doesn't, if, if people don't like food, like don't trust that person. Like if they eat skinless, flavorless chicken breast and broccoli. Okay. Well now you're, night, now you're insulting me. <laughs> do you, are you one of those people who only eats three types of food? No. Uh, but I do prefer to keep things simple. I remember listening to a 
a podcast with Jason Somerville a couple years ago. Gosh, it has to be where he just eats chicken fingers every day, <laughs> like three meals a day of chicken fingers. And it made me so upset um, that I it's hard for me to trust him now. <laughs> well, like for me, uh, especially if I'm doing something particular with my with my diet, like it's very easy to just sort of um, like rotate a, a schedule of like simple foods. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but I am like open to, uh, eating things when I'm not being very, you know, robotic. Yeah. For some reason, it doesn't surprise me that you have a very set schedule of like meals that you <laughs> rotate in and out of. Yeah. That's, uh, look, uh, the, there was a whole plain yogurt saga earlier this year and, uh, pe people are very judgmental. Are you super food. into it? Uh, yeah, I, I eat plain Greek yogurt, and people That's are like, fine. "What?" I have I have nothing. I have no qualms with that, honestly. Well, thank like, you. Do you ever do you ever add anything to it, or you just eat it straight? Uh, I did try to add peanut butter to it, Ooh, okay. but I, I actually wasn't much of a fan. Interesting. Yeah, I like to take plain Greek yogurt and like add in like strawberries and granola, and that's a great breakfast for me. I, I also I used to add blueberries um, as I and I mentioned that, but it was it was too much work <laughs> <laughs> to throw blueberries in. A it wasn't throwing them in; it was eating them. You know what I mean? Like one of the things I love about yogurt is that it's just very. I can you don't just, even have to chew; you just go like Mwah. exactly. And I can just like the scoop is very simple. But as the second you throw blueberries in there, it's like now it's like, where does the spoon go? I need to make sure I'm getting the right amount of blueberries in here. Uh, make sure they don't fall off the spoon. I have to pay way more attention. It's just it's not as fun. Yeah, here's here's my <laughs> suggestion for you is take a scoop of jam and throw it on top oh. and then eat it like that, because then you're you're still getting like that fruity flavor. But you don't have to do any extra work. <laughs> I'm very much about minimal work with food. Mm -hmm. That makes Especially, sense. But like it, it, less so with preparing it and more so with eating it. Like I, do, I don't like to feel like uh, I'm doing a puzzle when I'm eating my food. Interesting. See, I never like I always go into every meal pretty much almost always being like so excited that I get to eat. <laughs> it's like I just I spend most of my day being like, oh, I can't wait till breakfast. Oh, I can't wait till snack. Oh, I can't wait till lunch. Oh, I can't wait till dinner. Oh, I can't wait till dessert. Oh, I can't wait for other snack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get excited about food and I get excited to eat it. It's just like if I have to do like work, like I hate hard boiled eggs oh, because it's disgusting. so much work. Just straight. I don't like egg whites in general. So anything where it's just like encased, like grosses me out. So, okay. So if you went to a restaurant and could you like order anything on the menu, what would it be? Like, what's your all time favorite food? Oh, well, I mean, that's, you know, that, that gets boring. What's, your per what's a, what's a perfect meal for you? A like going perfect, to a restaurant. A perfect well, yeah. meal for me would be uh, a nice big bowl of macaroni and cheese next to a big pepperoni pizza and some french fries i like a very carb heavy very <laughs> yes. and that's why i have to be very robotic about my food <laughs> schedule <laughs> oh god because you would just eat mac and cheese at like every meal if you could that's how i grew up i grew up making craft mac and cheese for myself like every night mm -hmm. okay i could go for some craft dinner right now i'm yeah. craving it uh, yeah i forgot you call it craft dinner in, oh yeah in, sorry up everyone. in canada yeah yeah and i definitely I know what you mean, because like 
growing up, my dad had very specific tastes because he grew up in a in an era where there was like four different meals and they were all kind of weird. So it's like pasta and red sauce and, you know, and, you know, roast beef and just pretty like simple things. Um, so the fact that I have been adventurous in my eating is kind of almost a surprise because I was kind of a picky eater when I was young, but like all kids were. Um, but in the last couple of years, I've really started to like a lot of things that I never really expected to. Like I hated fish growing up, but when I went away to university on the East Coast, I started to really like fish because it was just more prevalent. Um, mushrooms is something I used to hate, but now I really like. It's just been a lot of things lately where I'm like, oh, maybe I do like this thing. See, I always I always think that that's going to happen to me because I, like as a kid, it was I, it was like bombarded. It was beaten into my skull. You are a picky eater. You are you're weak. It's Ooh, like okay. this is your fault. And so I so like I grew I grew up thinking like it is my fault. And so I, 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 I do actually like these things. And so then I try them and I'm like, oh, it's so gross. But it's probably just me making it gross and so i keep trying and i keep trying it and like at some point i realized no i just actually am pretty picky i think i just don't like these things right like is there like a collective group of things that you just avoid i I mean it's i have very strange uh tastes um and this is like i there's a thing called like super tasting. I think I'm, it feels weird to because again i like i i this is one of these things that like as a kid it was something I was so self conscious about. Because... Are you still self conscious about it? Yeah, it, oh, I still sorry. feel. I, I feel like I. Up to you. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Welcome but to I... the Haley Show. We're talking about Terry's food insecurities. <laughs> but like, I feel like I can't say that I might be a super taster because I I see in my head I there's like there's uh, there are a bunch of faces that are eye rolling at me like oh you're me? just a picky eater. Is it me? Am I eye rolling at you? Because I know I've brought up multiple times to like you and other people that Peter Brown's like episode <laughs> no, in Big yeah. Brother Canada one where he like cried while eating a salad is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I thought that was ridiculous as well. Uh, so I'm not quite that far gone. <laughs> um, uh, I, I I I I do eat salads. Um, but like I, I have, I just have weird, my, my, I taste things differently, I think. Um, right. so like anything that's like an intense taste and that's why I like simpler things. I don't like them too complex. Oh, okay. I don't like them too extreme. Okay. Um, and I don't like sweet things in general. I'm not a huge fan of like uh, fruit can often be too sweet. So like, that's one of the reasons why I prefer plain Greek yogurt. And, uh, I don't really like any candy. I don't like chocolate. Um, like, uh, it's, it's just like, I've always, I've always been weird in that, in that regard. And I, I just, I feel like, uh, you know, it, it, people judge me for it, but it's, it's the way I am. Yeah. And I have to learn to be less judgmental of these things because, um, for me, it's just like, yeah, of course I'll eat that, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. I have one friend who can't do spice at all. Um, like so bad that she has to use children's toothpaste because adult toothpaste is too spicy for her. <laughs> and so it's tough because like, oh, I'd love to go to this restaurant. And it's like, oh, well, that's a Thai restaurant. Everything's going to be too spicy for me. And it's like, no, not all Thai food spicy. And it's like, oh, it's all going to be too spicy for me. And I'm like, why? Uh... <laughs> No, see, I, I am like, uh, you, like we've, we've hung out with Lita before. Lita is a vegan. Um, and she's, she's a very 
good vegan because she will never say like no we can't go here because i can't eat here she'll like find her own food mm-hmm. or like she'll suffer through whatever it is like and and not eat or whatever she needs to do i'm very much the same way like i also don't like i've 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 gone to thai restaurants multiple times in my life knowing that anything i get i'm not going to like but i just <sighs> like i sit there and pretend like right. I, <laughs> yeah I did go to a Thai restaurant one time when I had the flu and all I could stomach was plain white rice. Yeah. So See, that, I, I can do that. That's that's basically what, like I eat like Thai food, Japanese food. Like I'll go there and I'll eat like the ba- I'll, I'll eat like chicken at a Japanese restaurant and like whatever else that like the, they're very plain, basic things. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll eat some rice like uh, and, and, you know, and then I try to eat the noodles and it's like, oh, God, why is there like peanut flavor yeah that's uh, so funny to me because like when you were like i don't like complex flavors i was like oh you would hate thai food then right? yeah exactly because there's so because thai food often is layered with uh sweet and salty and spicy and you know mm-hmm. whatever in a like um acidic almost so i could understand how that would like blow your palate out almost <laughs> yes well, the, the first time I went to a Thai restaurant was at my first full-time job, and it was like all the guys were going out to this Thai place uh, to celebrate something, and like there was no way that I felt comfortable being like, I don't like this. But I, but I, I thought I would because it seemed so simple, like noodles, whatever, the basic whatever it was, Pad Thai mm-hmm. or something. Um, and uh, and I was like, I'll, I'll like this. And I put one bite in my mouth. I was like, oh, my God, this is so disgusting. <laughs> like now it's now there's this huge pile of it in front of me. What am I going to do? And I just like I did. I pushed it around my plate as much as possible. I like shoved some of it down. I, I did my absolute best to seem like I, I had eaten the meal. And I just I, it was a, it was a traumatic experience for me. That is really funny. I'm sorry. And I'm always super interested, like you were saying with Lita and being a vegan. I'm always really interested in those like specific diets like kosher diets are really interesting to me for whatever reason and again ties into social dynamics and culture and travel and food and whatever um but i just like i like knowing about those things like i like being like okay so what do you eat or like gluten-free diets i'm like how do you how do you how do you live your life not eating bread like bread's my favorite bread's very good like lactose intolerance like i just blows my mind when people have to you know avoid certain things for sometimes choice and sometimes not choice yeah it's it's uh it's it's a weird thing and people it's it's like uh and again it's i i feel like i i can't say like oh yeah some people just don't like things because it i i I like have my mom yelling at me like no it's because you're you're just you don't like you're you're choosing not to like it it's like i don't know (laughs) There's I still just, don't know anymore. Yeah, there's just some things where you just like don't like no matter what. Like I'm never gonna like asparagus. It's the worst. If it's on my plate, like I'm like, nope, I'm I'm good, thank you. Yeah. I I can do asparagus, but not when it's like the thick kind. Ugh. I don't know. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> um well uh you, maybe when you uh you do your uh your um food thing that uh you can uh you, you can like have uh, a, a Terran episode where it's like, yeah, this, is, this is all food Terran like, would like. Here, here's a very plain chicken. <laughs> yeah. Here's unsalted beef. I don't mind salt. Salt is okay. Okay. As long <laughs> as it's like salt and not like salt and something else. Oh, yeah. Like a special kind of salt. Like I'm usually not into. Mm, interesting. Okay. Cool. 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 Good to know. <laughs> 
um i do, i do my best though uh i i especially since like when i was a kid i was very i i just like no don't i don't even want to try things um i've I've tried as many things as possible because it's like I need to find other things so I don't seem as boring. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, but this has been fun. Yeah, this has been great. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Uh, did you uh, what do you think? What do you think of the Terrence show? It was a lot of fun. Yes. Um, and yeah, it was. I, I can't even um, tomorrow I'm not even going to remember what we talked about and people are going to tweet me and be like, oh, my God, this. I'll be. Yeah, I great i don't remember saying that whatsoever but it's usually how it goes yeah there there are still people that tweet me like i uh i i tweeted something on the celebrity big brother finale that was like oh why did why did james vote this way um and i got the answer like 10 minutes later i still have people tweeting me the answer <laughs> to that question from months ago the power of podcasting yes <laughs> Um, well, if you, uh, if you want to, if, uh, if you like this podcast and you want to subscribe to it, you can find it on iTunes. It's the Taryn show. You can also find it on the reality TV rehab up feed where you can get this podcast and the bachelor stuff and the challenge stuff and the big brother stuff, uh, or at least big brother Canada stuff, uh, and lots of other cool, interesting stuff, right? So much stuff. <laughs> yeah. More stuff than Taryn will eat. Way more. Uh, and then um, and it, it, the cool thing is, look, uh, you can be like you can be like Haley and be like, you know what? I'm going to subscribe to this and then I'm going to like see all the shows and then I'm going to try those shows out and see if it's worth listening to the coverage because I like the show. Mm -hmm, exactly. It's great stuff. It's uh, it's it's the best way to find new TV because, you know, there's going to be people talking about it. You don't know how many shows I've just started watching because we cover them here on the wrap ups network. It's it's pretty uh, it's definitely like there was a time where every like post show recap, I'd be like, OK, I'm listening or I'm watching this show in order to listen to this podcast. Um, and I, I did I did try The Bachelor because of your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm so honored. I'm sorry you can stick it through. It's OK. I understand. <laughs> Uh, well, to be fair, like they're two hour episodes and it was like during Big Brother and it was I like, oh man. I totally get it. It is yeah. too long. Amy and I are big proponents for just like cutting it down to an hour. There's no mm. need. Same thing with American Ninja Warrior, really. Uh, the episodes are two hours long and I, I do not think they need uh, two hours. Yeah, there's so many. Like I gave up on So You Think You Can Dance because it was like three hours a week. And I was like, <laughs> I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. And then and then there's Big Brother, which is on three times a week, but it never feels like enough uh, footage. Um, so, you know, it's the way things go, I guess. Yep. Uh, well, thank you again for uh, for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. Um, you can uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Armstrong Taren. Uh, uh, where can people find you, Haley? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HStrong underscore. There you go. Uh, are you a big Instagram person? Yes. I love Instagram. If I had to give up every social media network and just pick one it would be instagram yeah i just uh do you do like what do you what do you post i've asked lita this question before but like what do you do there i post pictures of my food my cat myself and things i see um i just you know and i like to keep up with people in their lives and i like looking i'm a visual person i like looking at pictures i yeah i like i i think i get it i just like i don't I never knew I never know what I would post there. Like 
that's fair. Yeah. Like if you only stay in your studio, Taryn, which I'm exactly. sh- I feel like is what you do. I live here. Yeah. It would be you like, don't, oh, you here's can't me see it in right front now. of this background and here's yeah. me on the same background, but slightly different angle. Exactly. Like nobody's able to see it because you don't see like waist down. But there's actually just like a small little blanket here. And I just lie down and I sleep and then I stand up and I talk to people. (laughs) You have like a little dog bed. (laughs) You should consider that. They have some really nice ones at Costco. They're huge. Oh, my. That would be interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, follow Haley on all the social medias. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. Rate the things on the things and uh, give good things. Five stars. Five stars yes. only. <laughs> yes. Uh, and thank you for joining us. I will see you next time. Parents asking questions. Parents finding out. Parents looking deeper. That's what it's all about. It's the Taylor Show. So you.